Just when I finish my to-do list. We need more chips, Mom. Honey, I need a lot of chicken. Something else comes up. That's when I use Instacart to help get everything we need from BJ's Wholesale Club. Delivered right to our door in as fast as one hour. And then finally I can relax. Mom, I think we're out of toilet paper. Time for another BJ's order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get $10 off your first order using the code BJ's Wholesale 10. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Additional terms apply. We continue our conversation on contracts. Joining us from LegalWise is the head of legal research, George Palser. George, I mean, what happens if there is a mistake in some way in a contract? In, in that instance, with a mistake, for example, you know, with contracts, the, almost the most important element of a contract is that both parties must be in agreement with what they are entering into. You know, there must be that form of consensus. And that's where mistake comes in, because as soon as there's some form of mistake, it can influence whether the parties are in agreement or not. So that can have quite a big impact um, on the contract. And there are various types of mistakes that, you know, you have to look into. They are the most serious uh, mistakes. For example, once they deal with the type of contract or the person you are entering into, the con into a contract with. For example, if I am thinking you know, I am going to lease your property for 50,000 rand a month. But you, on the other hand, is thinking I'm going to buy your property for 50,000 rand. You know, that's a, two different contracts we are thinking about. In that instance, it's such, of such a serious and material matter that there's no agreement on a type of contract. So in that instance, it means that the contract between us is invalid, as well as when you're dealing with a person. For example, I am thinking I'm entering into a contract with you, but I am actually entering into a contract with Nelly. Again, two different people. There can't be any contract because neither of us actually agreed to enter into a contract with each other at that point. So it really also depends on the facts of the matter, what's written in the contract. And that's what I always keep saying, it's so important to have a contract in writing and to read it. But on the other hand, you can't look at a contract and look at a mistake and think, hey, that's my easy way out. For example, if I have a loan agreement with a bank and I use that money, I have been starting to pay back the bank, the monthly premiums. And then a year later, I realized I spelled my name incorrectly. That's technically a mistake in the contract, but it's not a material mistake. I actually acted on that. It's everybody is the same parties. It's not different parties. It's just a, a minor mistake in my name. So that can easily be rectified. So again, important to read your contract before actually entering into it to know that what you are entering and that both parties are in agreement. Understood, George. I mean, what if you were given false information just to get you to enter into a contract? I mean, could that also be considered as a mistake? So that can be seen as a form of a mistake. Because if you, for example, tell me false information about the house I'm going to lease from you. So you are saying, you know, this is the house and, you know, it's, it's 50,000 rand a month or 20,000 rand a month because it comes with the pool. The pool is part of the property. So you are telling me all this nice information in order for me to actually enter into this agreement with you. That is a bit different from a mistake, but it, I am still under the mistaken belief that that um, lease will include the swimming pool as well. I need to realize later on that that swimming pool is part of common property and I'm sharing it with someone else. So in that instance, it's a misrepresentation. And again, we're looking at the, the elements of, was it material? Was it so serious that it influences the consensus between us? Does it influence the nature of the contract, the parties, 
um, you know, the basic core elements of that contract. On the other hand, you can also say and say, we can negotiate, you know, we can renegotiate and say, okay, I'm willing to still continue with this contract subject to the following extra terms and conditions and have that all in writing. So there are options around it. In that instance. George, let's expand on that idea of misrepresentation. I mean, in an in instance where you are offered an employment contract um, and certain be benefits are told that, you know, they're part of the package, but when you start working, those benefits aren't forthcoming. Could that be considered, uh, considered a mistake or misrepresentation? So in that instance, you know, it's obviously misrepresentation. The, the employer told you certain facts that were not true. It, it could have been with the intention to just get you to accept the position. So in that instance, we are looking at employment law, labor law as well. So it's not always as simple as a normal contract as well, because we know when we deal with labor law, we are also dealing with very strict laws regulating that, you know, the Labor Relations Act, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. So in that instance, it doesn't always lead to the contract being invalid, um, but it can be cancelled in some instances as well. For example, you know, they will say, you're not allowed to have sick leave, but we will pay for your medical aid. Um, you know, that's also misrepresentation. And it mm. goes against the basic conditions of employment because according to that, you are entitled to sick leave and 30 days sick leave for every um, three year cycle. So there's a lot more to take into account when we are dealing with employment matters. And can a misrepresentation during an interview, George, have some form of an impact on an employment contract at a later stage? So this is something that happens quite often. Um, I've been leading up on this as well, and I see it happens more than I actually thought it happens. So a lot of people are out there lying in the interview about the qualifications or the skills that they may have, um, you know, putting false information in the CV, fake um, references, you know, people they didn't even work with, um, in the past. So it happens as well and it does have an impact at a later stage because if this impacts the operational requirements of the business, if this does not make you suitable for the position that the company now employed you based on this false information that you provided, they can dismiss you. However, as I said earlier on, with the labor law, we are dealing with strict requirements in place as well. So we have to take into account that the employer can only dismiss you after they done, follow all the procedures and had a disciplinary hearing um, before they can actually dismiss you to make sure that it's substantially and procedurally fair. What happens, George, if you sign a lease agreement thinking that the owner will repair anything that breaks just to eventually realize that you are, you are the person who's now responsible for that account? I mean, can you use mistake or representation in that instance? In this case, it can go in, in three ways, basically. So first of all, it can be a mistake in the sense of you know, the, the, the owner thought that I will be liable for the damages, but I thought the owner will be liable for the damages. So there was no misrepresentation. We really just acted on a mistake. Um, or it can be misrepresentation. The owner told me that he will be liable for the damages and just to get me to enter into this contract. Um, or on the other hand, we're looking at if there's a physical contract, I signed that contract and if that contract says that the owner will that the owner will not be liable but that I will be liable for any maintenance or repairs or damages in the future, then I'm bound by that contract to me signing it. As I said earlier on, you must look at mistake how material is. It's not necessarily impacting the nature of the contract. It's not necessarily 
impacting the parties of the contract. It's, it's more of an added characteristic of this contract, so it might not lead to the contract being invalid, and we can still you know, renegotiate or I can decide to continue with it, just knowing now that the responsibility lies with This is where, George, things like terms and conditions apply come in, right? Yes, you need to read those terms and conditions. So always make sure that you know what you are entering into. Get clarity if you are confused, and even if it's not always in a written format, um, you know, I always encourage you to get something in, in, in writing as well. But, you know, when, when we enter into a verbal contract, we need to get stuff in writing to make sure that we have some stuff, something to prove and to make sure everybody's on the same page. George, thank you so much.